welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, the podcast where we go through all of the movies leading up to Avengers Infinity War, which is getting closer and closer by the day. Today, we are doing the ninth film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain America the Winter Soldier. I am your host, Anthony Canton III, joined as always by one, Jake Christie. Jake, what's happening, brother? Uh, Nothing much. I'm doing well. Uh, This is a doubleheader recording tonight, so uh, I'm glad to be spending another hour with you guys. Oh, let's keep it rolling. And my other co-host, Jerome Chang. What's going on, my brother? On the greener side, my friend. I'm very happy. And... We have a special guest in the building. He's in the house. And Jerome, I'm going to throw it to you to introduce him. The leader of so- hashtag solid dudes. Solid dude. Our man, Sean Rosales. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Black Dragon Roll. Thank you, AC Spotlight 95. Thank you, Vijay Christie. It's an honor to be on with y'all again. It's uh, We're talking Marvel movies and we're talking one of the best Marvel movies in the entire universe in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I mean, we are talking about it, but uh, apparently in the last pod, you didn't really feel that way according to your rankings. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. All these Marvel movies, apart from, like, Dark World and Hulk, like, they're all so good that you could take a lot of movies and and flip-flop them wherever you want. They're all so good. There are the ones that set themselves apart you know in the top three or four but mm-hmm. i just enjoy all of these movies and like i said the winter soldier is one of the best okay I, i'm gonna say this to start off simply simply put to this point in the marvel cinematic universe i think this was the best movie straight up from a film standpoint if you want to talk about a good spy movie with some nice twists and some interesting aspects of character development I thought this was great. This was a tremendous film. Yeah. This was directed by the Russo brothers. Uh, and if I, I'm looking at it from just particularly this standpoint, they found a way to make Captain America a lot more interesting. Captain America's dope as f- <laughs> I, 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 they made, they found a way to make him a lot more interesting in this movie because I appreciate the idea of taking the straight man from the standpoint of God and country, do whatever I have to follow all the orders. And in this film, it's a little, we see that slow burn starting from Avengers when all of the secrets of shield with Tony Stark in in Cap's ear about that. So now Mm -hmm. this take, this movie takes it to another level. And I thought if you, if we want to go into quick general thoughts on the movie, I'll just say this before I throw it to you guys. Uh, Chris Chris Evans' performance in this one was off the charts. I appreciate the slow burn that he mm-hmm. did going from the straight man, obviously, to getting to the point where he started to doubt everything that he had done to this point. And you talk about somebody who's out of time, 70 years, frozen in ice, and dealing with this whole new world and stuff, and then you now get into a situation with, with uh, what's happening with S.H.I.E.L.D., which we'll get into, that all he questions everything and obviously that leads to a lot more different different more complicated situations which we'll get into so i'll throw it to sean first sean what was your impression of this movie the the thing about this movie that i loved was it it brought back the the friendship cap was missing when he 
lost Bucky in the first meeting, uh, the, the first movie. He gets that back, but he slowly has to regain it in a very, very painful way, obviously, towards the fun, final battle scene. And it, it's kind of, uh, it, it's completing his world. He has the list uh, towards the beginning of the movie. He adds to it as, as Sam Wilson tells him what movie and what music to listen to, all that stuff. So he's, in, in his mind, it's, I'm, all these things have happened to me thus far in this universe. I'm still getting adapted to this new world. You know, yeah. I, I have watched these movies, you know, in, in the Avengers. He does. The, I get that reference because he was alive when the, uh, when the Wizard of Oz first came out. So he's slowly <laughs> starting to evolve into an actual living character in this entire universe. And he finally has his best friend back. Oh, crap. My best friend's the best assassin in the history of all Hydra. So it, that conflict he has of turning him back to good is really awesome to see throughout the movie. Jerome, go ahead. Um, I mean, you already alluded it, to it, and I um, interjected there. Uh, who knew Captain America could, could be cool? Like, yeah. two movies in, uh, he just he was such a square, and yeah. just felt like there was nothing to him. It's almost kind of like the Superman complex of, you know, just the superhuman, perfect good guy. But, man, this is such a cool movie. And so much happens in it. Um, I remember basically up to the point before they even uh, do the final fight at S.H.I.E.L.D. to take down all the helicarriers. Yeah. I felt exhausted. I felt like so much happens in this film. They It, it moves so briskly throughout. I forgot how much it covers throughout. Um, and really, like everything you guys covered, like all the storylines through it, the characters, it's just... It's such a glow up for Captain America, the last one. Um, the bit of uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Jake. Um, I love this movie. This movie is is so good, and I love that it how it works because um, I actually was a fan of the Russo brothers. I mean, before this, the only uh, full length movie they directed was Yumi and Dupree, which I had not seen. But they were the producing directors of my favorite television show of all time, Community. And, yes. And I remember when they got this this uh, job, people were super skeptical. Because, like, how can people who only direct Yubi and Dupree and a sitcom be Marvel directors? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get it. Some of Community's episodes are so intense and action-packed. I'm like, they're going to freaking make an awesome movie. And they did, and it, it just – and I think you guys were talking about how they turn Captain America into someone cool, and, like, they flip – the thing I appreciate is that they don't make him – like, he goes through a character arc, like I mean, a character change. Yes. But the reason he makes yeah. the decisions he makes is not because, like, he suddenly starts hating the government. St- like, they use his patriotism as, like, that's he, – he stays consistent in that he wants to save the country and people. But then what he right. learns is that listening to authority is not how you do that. And I think that that's super mm-hmm. interesting that, like, they don't fundamentally change Captain America. The world fundamentally changes around him, and he needs to uh, adjust. And I think that um, – I think Chris Evans just plays it so beautifully. Like, he yes. – there's a, there's a quiet uh, – he both is very upbeat about um, – 
about like his him being alone and outliving everyone, but also there's a quiet sadness about it that uh, this is another mm-hmm. super nerdy thing I'm gonna pull that it reminds me a lot of how when I think when I whenever I, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who and whenever the Doctor is played well, I think that it does the same thing. Someone who's like older than everyone else around them, and there's a sadness of having seen so many things go away and die and be different, but also like a lightness about it because how the hell are you gonna get up in the morning if you aren't light about it? And the, what how he juggles those two things just makes it a, a fun movie to watch. On top of the fact that it's a, as you guys mentioned, a great spy thriller, and because we, we yeah. talked about mm-hmm. before how Marvel, when it's at its best, just makes good genre movies, and like this, it, besides obviously the end where like it kind of gets like super big and explodey, it really is just mm-hmm. like a this could be a Mission yeah. Impossible movie plot wise. Yes, it's so good that way. Yeah, it's such it's it's such a good standalone film. Absolutely, in all aspects. Um, mm-hmm. You could go, you could do the stuff with Peggy Carter where she's reintroduced, and obviously that was another heartbreaking scene with Steve having to speak to her. Obviously, she's she's aged and had children, was married, and that had to be very difficult for Steve to deal with. So they they go back to that. They touch on that type of stuff. So like you could get into so many different aspects. So we'll jump into non superhero character. Which was your non favorite your favorite non superhero character of the film? Jerome, you go first. Um it, there were a lot here. Uh I honorable mention to Black Widow. I thought she was just great throughout of it. Um, but because of his introduction, I think it was such a good introduction, I'm gonna go with Papa Doc. His real name is Clarence Sam Wilson Falcon. Uh I think <laughs> from the very top of it. Uh, the first scene, I just really love how it builds this um, this uh, chemistry between him and Steve Rogers. Uh, I love how before he even becomes... Because the Falcon suit's actually really cool, all the scenes yeah. that you have with him. Um, but before even that comes in, he serves such a great purpose for Captain America's character. Because he provides him this look at this life outside of being a soldier. He has the empathy that I think Captain America is kind of looking for in trying yeah. to understand what where he stands in all of this. Uh, and on top of it, he's just a funny guy throughout. He has really great moments. So I'm I'm a really big fan of Falcon in this one. Go ahead, Jake. Um, I, there's, like you mentioned, there are so many great side characters in this movie. Um, my answer is probably Alexander Pierce, just because, yeah, like... Yeah, that's mine, too. Because... <laughs> Mm-hmm, it's one mm-hmm. of those, and I, as I mentioned before, I love watching good acting, and like the fact that they got Robert Redford to be in a Marvel movie is so great. Like, because he, he's just like, because he doesn't act that often, and you can tell like a lot of people like how we just talked about in the Thor pod with Anthony Hopkins. You'll get a great actor and put him in like a big budget movie, and they'll kind of like half ass mm-hmm. it. Robert Redford's like, no, 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 I'm gonna act my ass off in this movie. Excellent. Uh, He's an underrated villain in the universe. He doesn't get mentioned often. Like, just the way that, um, the way that he says, I don't have the line in front of me, but when his housekeeper comes back in and he's like, Oh, Renata, I wish you would have knocked. And then pulls out the Oh, that was Oh, yeah. It's so... It's sinister. It's so sinister and, like, I don't know, I think later, just put a a little note down that towards the end of the part, I do want to talk about uh, the politics of this film, but I think that he is such a great character oh, in yes. in the way that he talks about like order and disorder that that those monologues are so there's mm-hmm. so much content in them and he just i yeah. don't know he blew me away he's great yeah 
He's so charming yeah. at the top that when that moment happens with the housekeeper, it feels evil. Like, it feels so dark that, um, yeah, no, it hits hard. All right, go when, ahead, when Sean. He, when he, getting back to Alexander Pierce, when he first walks in on the Winter Soldier, you're like, oh, crap. He's about to die. Yes, like, I remember. The guy's that. about to die. And then it quickly turns to, you know, report all that stuff. So, uh, my favorite character um, was actually Agent 13, uh, Sharon Carter, uh, played by Emily Van Camp. I thought she did a really good job with a very small role, which might expand more as uh, either more Captain America movies, regardless of who is Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, it, her, it, her in that role, uh, she did very well with the limited lines that she had. And she just really uh, expanded the the shield because uh, you had uh, you had Nick Fury, you had uh, I can't remember Colby Smulders. Uh, I can't remember her. Maria Hill. Maria Hill. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you had Agent Hill, and now you have Agent Thirteen uh, to go along in, in the next line of what is going to happen with Shield. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed her in this role, and I you know, it adds the love interest that Cap Cap has been looking for. Since you know Peggy Carter is now uh, in this movie, she is old on her deathbed, and then going forward as she dies. Okay. Right. Yes, but and, there are some. Let me just say there are some ethical questions that we've later learned about that I want to talk about in Civil true. War. Yeah. I, I'm saving that for Civil War, but I got some takes. Oh, that should be interesting. <laughs> okay. okay, so I agree with Jake Alexander Pierce. Robert Redford was just so good in this, and whenever you look at villains, and I, and I think I've said this before, but you always want your villain to be the guy who really believes what he's doing is the right thing. And he did such a good job of portraying that in such, he was sinister in such a unassuming way that I, at times, even before the reveal that he's a part of Hydra and even after it, it's like, you almost believed him. You almost, you believed that in what he was believing and what he was saying and he mm-hmm. did just a great job throughout the film of doing that. So you, every, every good movie, every good superhero movie needs your villain to, to stand up and be tremendous. And I thought he was absolutely spot on, tremendous. And, you know, uh, honorable mention, obviously Black Widow was great in it. Uh, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson did a great job. Um, and Anthony Mackie, this is a great introduction for him to Jerome's point earlier, but yeah, Robert Redford, he killed it. He killed it in this one for sure. He was just, he was just awesome. So I think there are a lot of right answers to this question. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, you really can't go wrong. Everybody, even, um, Senator Stern in his like brief little cameo, oh. uh, was, was awesome in it too. Um, give me all of Gary Shanley saying Hail Hydra. It's so yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, yeah. I, w- I was actually watching the movie while I was making dinner, uh, and my brother walked behind me because we lived together. Well, he wasn't just randomly there. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he just saw Gary Shanley on screen, and he just he kissed his fingertips to put it up to the air. Rest in peace. I wish we could oh. have more of him, Senator Stern, but uh, yeah, he's. I- I- I'm glad he came back. I'm glad they gave us a familiar face. Because like it felt they didn't have to introduce him as a character because it's like oh it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that that was I think one of the more clever ways of having this universe feel tightly knit because yeah. he really is featured more. He's featured in Iron Man too, right? So to have him exist there and in the larger scheme of things is pretty cool. 
All right, so we'll so we'll move on from that, and we'll go to Stan Lee's cameo. Did you guys find it intrusive? Jake, go ahead. Yeah, I did. Uh, because I mean, he. In case you guys don't remember, he plays the guard uh, who yeah uh, works at the museum, and he sees that the Captain Marin <clears throat> suit is stolen, and he says, "I am so fired." Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to embed the clip just because I want y'all to hear my reading of that line. Uh, but, pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. it's intrusive because I, I would probably say like a six, which is not super, super high. But it's just like, once again, it's one of those things for him being so old. It's like, you. I get that we live in like, I get that the retirement age is going up and social security is drying up but you're not working at that age like yeah. no you're, especially as a security guard like stop it stop it stanley all right that's i'm done all right go ahead uh go ahead jerome um somewhat counterpoint to that i'm okay with him being a security guard at the smithsonian so that like i mean that kind of works that way but uh very much the same way how i felt about um, his role in Thor Dark World, I would have been fine with it being gone, him seeing it and just being like, oh, it's when he talked. It's when he dropped that line and then just suddenly, like, groaned. It, it added so many more points on top. It's um, it's wild because it feels seven. like he's... It feels like he is a... He's worse at delivering lines than I think a, an average person. Like, I think if you ask... Yes, re- yes, at, Like, yeah. he's... <laughs> He's worse at acting than a random person on the street. And I'm not saying that as a joke. Like, I think because he yeah. just sounds how many takes so fake. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, it was very, it was very forced and much like my dark take when it comes to the Stanley cameo. It was getting so late in the movie that we are going to see him. When are we going to see him? It's getting really, really exciting in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just like a fart. And it's. I love Jake. I would have rather had Stanley mouth it and then just hear Jake's interpretation of the line. It would have been better. Jake's reading is better. It is. I would say. I would argue. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts to Jake on that. Great job. Great voice too. Um. So for for me, yeah, it was intrusive. And now in retrospect, having seen Black Panther and obviously the beginning of Black Panther with uh, Killmonger in the museum. And the type of security guards they had there. Imagine, let's just say you put Stanley. How was that? How, how would that look to you? That's all Again, I have I'm to okay say. I'm okay with it being the Smithsonian, though, because who's really doing the thing in the Smithsonian? Yeah. I mean, there's some that's that all... valuable stuff in the Smithsonian. It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Put Stan Lee in that Black Panther scene. How yeah. would you feel yeah. about that? Terrible. It would be that's awful. All... But guys, can there I actually ask? Go. Can I ask another question that I was leaving a surprise? Yeah, go ahead. Ask you once again, How intrusive is Joe Russo's cameo in this movie? Very. Once I know, actually, I have a follow up to that. Once you guys go into that. But what I was gonna say is, no, that I... I actually don't find it intrusive because I don't think he does a bad job in his role. Like, if I think if you don't know what Joe Russo looks like, you don't realize that that's Joe Russo. So that yeah, that's exactly what happened. I realized it this time. It was the first time I noticed he was in it. I actually recognize actually, him. This is, guys, can I just cop to something super, 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 super nerdy on a podcast? This is in public. It. This is public we're record. All, we're doing a comic I book I didn't podcast, know what man. he looked like, but since I have seasons one through three of Community on DVD and every single episode has DVD commentary, which I watched every single episode mm-hmm. of, I recognized his voice immediately. Nice. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I yeah. didn't actually real. Yeah, that was a that was a good catch because I didn't actually realize that until. Um, Do you know who he is? Because this is the first. This is the first of his two. Uh, 
yeah, first he, of his two cameos. He plays the doctor. But once again, like I also think it just works because like a neurotic sounding Italian guy like works as a doctor. <laughs> like I'm. <laughs> um just adding to that uh since we're talking cameos and i'm so happy you love community too how great was it to see all that oh danny pudi in it also another community cameo the guy at the apple store is played by dc pearson who is of course one of the members Mm -hmm. of donald glover's comedy troupe Derek. this is very in my wheelhouse Mm -hmm. guys but yeah danny pudi uh great bit just to see his the reaction shot he has when he has the gun held in his face uh, I so, I was filled with glee the first time I saw it in the theater. I, it was I honestly my I honestly thought I had the first time I watched it was I wish that there was more random cameos cuz it's like random like one line characters why can't you get maybe okay yeah Donald Glover's probably busy Joel McHale's definitely busy Allison Breeze right. doing other stuff but like get like I don't know like why honestly why can't the security guard this is just for huge community fans why can't the security guard be by, played by the guy who plays Leonard you know what I mean like <laughs> oh that'd be good I like and, that <laughs> anyway moving yeah. on yeah, nonetheless, uh, let's get into favorite line. Uh, there's a lot of rich dialogue in this um, and a lot of different lines that I enjoyed. Uh, Sean, what was your favorite line? Uh, mine actually happened straight off the top. And it, it, I went with levity with my favorite line. And it's the it's the, the jogging scene. And it's, that. And then it slowly oh, progresses. Yeah. And it slowly progresses. And so, and he's like, don't say it. Come on! Just like feeling fresh because Sam Wilson's a very in shape, you know, athletic guy, and then this literal superhero is running, and that it just sets up the 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 dialogue for them to get together to laugh about going forward. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, that was. Um, can I I just follow up his since I have the same line? Yeah. Um. Yeah. On your left. Uh. I think one thing that it also really uh, establishes, which is a part that I like about this kind of closer look at Captain America is it's both polite and kind of dickish. Like it's, he's he's kind of arrogant because you see him run multiple times and saying it. So it's like, it's a courtesy, but it's also, yeah, it's, it's just, he's Captain America. He knows he's Captain America. And, but there's just, it adds just a slight bit of edge that I really like in the character. But yeah, I'm glad you chose that. It's the same for me. Go ahead, Jake. Okay, uh, I'll elaborate. I'm just, I'm just going to say it just because I'm going to elaborate on it because it's also at the beginning of my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, let's leave it. Let's leave it. Let's leave it for favorite scene. Uh, Anthony, That's, yeah, want? yeah. I saved it because it's my favorite scene too. <laughs> um, for me, actually, that was my honorable mention line. Another honorable mention line, Nick Fury's... Uh, uh, escaping from uh, Hydra, trying to attack him, and he's trying to talk to his car. He he says, "Get me Agent Hill. Communications array damaged. Well, what's not damaged? Air conditioning is fully operational." <laughs> that one was that that one was pretty dope. And I thought the theme of the film, the Bucky uh, Steve Rogers relationship, um, is capped off in the final fight. Uh, Cap. Cap is getting beat up by the Winter Soldier, and Steve is trying to appeal to him. Okay. You've known me your whole life. Your name is James Buchanan Barnes. Shut up!
not gonna fight you. You're my friend. He drops his shield. Uh, and then he, you know, he's beating the crap out of uh, Captain America. You're my mission. So just as Steve is, he's done, he's on his last legs, he's been shot, he's been stabbed, he, he, he delivers this line. Then finish it. Because I'm with you to the end of the line. And I appreciate, I appreciate it because that just caps that Captain America, somebody who, you know, will fight anybody and will, who, who's not scared of anybody, doesn't, you know, he takes no shit, deals with everything as he, as he can. But when it comes to Bucky, there is a line and he, you know, it just goes to show you the loyalty and friendship that Steve had towards, uh, towards Bucky. And I appreciate the idea that, that uh, loyalty is a huge part of uh, Steve Rogers' uh, personality. It's also so, a callback to the flashback with Bucky. So it's also mm-hmm. kind of double to help them remember that relationship, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. a that, yeah, that's yeah. a great point. Yeah, because the that's way- the only thing that tends to break through that's that uh tends to break through Bucky mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. with all of the mind control going on. And the way Sebastian Stan delivers a very simple line, no I don't. The way he like yells it, it's it's that it, it's it, in my mind it's it's that's the first time where it breaks through whatever's going on in his mind. It's like, oh, I do know you. And it, it, it's the, like Anthony said, it's the battle of, I know this guy. He's my mission. What mm-hmm. am I doing? I'm still punching. And, it, and the way he delivers that line, like he's like screaming for help. Like, no, I don't know you. Yeah, I, I, I do know you. And it was really cool. It does something mm-hmm. that I like and I think is really in writing and it happens a lot in real life of when someone it tell, says something to someone else that they're really saying to themselves that he's trying to tell himself yeah. no I don't know this guy um, and I yeah. think yeah. That that's uh, it's that's a powerful moment and uh, yeah it, it definitely it definitely makes you like it irons out like the kind of silliness of two different people being like preserved in ice and still being the same age yeah so and, like it, uh-huh. the fact it does that well you know no, that's true. That's true. So we'll go straight from favorite line to favorite scene. Uh, what was your favorite scene, Jerome? Uh, honestly, because he mentioned it first, I really want him to get first take on it. Jake, we have the same scene. Okay, the, talk the, about the elevator, the, scene. the elevator scene is just is just. I don't know if you guys oh, can hear. It's a great scene. I don't know if you guys can hear the smile on my face, but I just <laughs> I, I, I see, love I it I so can. much <laughs> that it's just it's so perfectly choreographed. Um, mm-hmm. it just, and it's, it's awesome because I love how, as it's developing, you realize with Steve Rogers, like, okay, so this is a hit and how calm he is. It's, and, and yes. then when the fighting actually starts, it has a good combination of, cause you want to see Captain America just beat the crap out of people. That's fun. Yeah. But then also mm-hmm. because they're armed with like these sticks and it's a close quarter combat situation, there's so many of them. It also is a hard fight, and it's it, it, it's mm-hmm. the balance of like it doesn't feel like a slog, but it's also like fast and and the fact that it's in a glass elevator, like the, the I think the thing that this movie just saw the set pieces of where they decide to put things are like so ingenious and like a glass elevator is an amazing place for a fight, and I didn't know that until mm-hmm. I saw this movie. Um, but yeah, and. And then the line he delivers in it, where after the uh, I forget the name of like the top henchman says like trust me it's not personal, and then after he knocks him out says it kind of feels personal. Like that's right, so right. fun, 
And it's just, I don't know, it's, and, and also I like that the fact that that is, it, that serves as the turn of the movie of when Steve Rogers becomes enemy numero uno of, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, right, right. Um, everything that Jake said, uh, the line before we get started, would anyone like to get out adds to the whole idea of he knows he's Captain America. So there is like a kind of arrogant dickishness in that too and just yeah. like uh it's the same uh with thor in uh dark world where he says um i'm giving you a chance to surrender and it's just but this one's way cooler to be honest um <laughs> it's it's such a good scene and the close quarters at least like jake said uh you know he's going to come out of it but there is enough struggle in there that it's not just a walk in the park and it's just such a cool scene um, where I don't know where you can hear hit the smile in his uh, t- in Jake's tone. I don't know if you can hear the awe in mine. I'm just in awe of that scene. It's so good. It was a great scene. It's a yeah. great scene. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, I have a couple, but I'm going to go with the first one that I wrote down. And it's the one that sets up an entire you could do a whole other podcast on this one shot of when the Winter Soldier picks up Captain America's shield and he holds it in front of him because that's Ooh. the that's the that that's was the dope. shot that I'm like okay Ooh. what what's gonna happen in the future um, yeah it, it, it just that fight scene with him and Black Widow and the Winter Soldier it was amazing the way uh, the sound effects the the, the 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 thing I liked about it was it was out on the open street so it, it didn't have to be shot um, mm-hmm. like, like on a green screen so you could have you can have natural props, cars, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. shattered glass. You have all this natural stuff. It's shot very well, and just the the sound effects of the the, the punches, the knives, the, the gunfire. It was it was all leading up in my mind to that one shot when he gets the, he throws the shield, catches it, and he has it, and you're like, wow! It's it's for those who know the storyline of what happens with Cap down the line. You see that, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is really going to be a big, a big thing going forward that people huh. will look past." Uh, and my second one, if I if I have time, is go for it when go for Captain it. America is the drop ship in good. the very beginning, and he just jumps off, and one of the soldiers is like, "Is he wearing a parachute?" No, no, he wasn't. Then it's just <laughs> the idea of he's he, he's so superhuman. He's jumping uh-huh. from a hundred. 50 feet up into the ocean and and he again it's spy thriller stuff that is awesome and just and, and again it's a line that's perfectly uh said by Romulo no no I didn't it's, it's just <laughs> uh, oh no big deal he just jumped out of a moving airplane with no parachute whatever um just adding on just because you're mentioning that uh, I think Jake probably feels the same feel free but in our elevator scene being the best, it is the best action, my favorite action scene outside of stellar, like many stellar action scenes in the film. Like that's mm. the thing. Yes, it's I was just, gonna say. That, that one is just yeah. above all the rest. When actually, that's when I was watching how it, it is for me. I was going into it and I'm like, okay, the elevator scene's like definitely gonna be my favorite scene. But and yeah. as I was watching scenes, my thought was, oh, shit, I can't believe this isn't like in any other movie. Like yes, the, the yeah. opening, the opening scene of him like beating up all the guards on the boat is like so fun and it's just so fast paced. And the mm-hmm. scene on the fight on the streets is so kinetic. And, yeah. and the fact that it's in a real even when place, he's running through walls. Yeah, 
and the, chasing the, the, after the winter yeah. soldier yeah the fact that that the movie feels so much in except for the final scene on like the flying ship because obviously those don't exist but the scenes mm-hmm. feel like they're so grounded in a real place and i like something i want to talk about i like how they place it in dc it's different city um and like mm-hmm. it, it feels it feels different and i think that mm-hmm. i think that i like about iron man is iron man feels like a movie that takes place in la the avengers obviously feels like a movie that takes place in new york like this it, i don't obviously i don't dc doesn't really have a distinct feel i've also never been to dc but it feels like it takes place in a different city and it, yeah. it's and it feels yeah. like a unique and it's i don't know they, they they knocked it out of the park oh they did yeah, yeah um for me that I think Sean obviously alluded to it. That whole car chase and the the, the what they did to vehicles in this film was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> the the whole car chase where with Falcon, Black Widow, and Cap, and then Winter Soldier catches up to them, for, all leading up to that. And then of course, like with not just the fight scenes to all of your guys' points, but the score of that whole um, of that mm-hmm. fight scene. Um, I just loved how ominous it felt when uh, Black Widow had got shot by Winter Soldier um, mm-hmm. after she was trying to trying to escape, and then and him the throwdown between Winter Soldier and Cap the first one was so tremendous. Just the way everybody's they're both blocking each other's punches at every turn, and and Winter Soldier trying to use the yeah yeah man it was just wow this is just so true just just such a tremendous scene. I enjoyed that scene throughout. Everybody's involved. Falcons trying to uh, use a use a gun, fights. Mm-hmm. Winter Soldier has to get out of the bus before it explodes. Um, yeah, there's just so many good. There's just so many good parts of that that whole that whole entire scene, which was like what, like ten to fifteen minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But um, we didn't I would even say- mention that that's the scene where they they actually do the reveal too. So on, yeah, on top right. of just being, it's such an important scene in the film. On top of being an amazing action sequence. Yeah. So you right, get the yeah. line, who's Bucky? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, and yeah. then Cap's like, you see the, the shock in his face, like he really doesn't know me. Yeah. yeah. And I say another honorable mention, one for for, for me before we continue. Uh, Nick Fury, again, uh, that was a great car chase. Um, oh, that was him, really cool. Re- him realizing that, that oh, holy crap, uh, uh, what you call it, they've turned on me, and him trying to get out of there. And of course, Winter Soldier uh, blowing up his uh, his car, and him, you know, basically finding a way uh, to get out of there beforehand. That was another really good scene, and that was just rich in in uh, in really good scenes. So we'll we'll get off that topic. Um, before we continue with some of our like main topics, I know Jake, you said you wanted to talk about the politics of the film. Yeah, I think this movie has. Well, and I'm not even, normally when I would say I want to talk about the politics of the film, I'm complaining about it, but I think this movie has really good and interesting politics and you were talking about how uh you believe that what alexander pierce says briefly and i think that this movie actually i don't know if i mean i assume it was intentional because it does really really well um is great gets at a heart of an actual like real issue we have in foreign policy debates and politics especially in america where the mm. the whole idea is do yeah. we try to prevent things before they happen and but mostly about like obviously that's like we really don't quite have the technology to do that fully yet obviously we do it to some extent but the way in which yeah. it is kind of at least i took a lot of it as a referendum on like drone strikes and stuff like that of how even if we have the ability to like stop people we know are bad 
and should we just kill them without due process? But I, but I think that even the larger idea it has of like order versus disorder, like that is a, it's um, a thing like that. While we don't have the ability to kill twenty million people, obviously, like it's not. It, that's a more. It's a very concrete way of looking at it, which makes it an easier like debate to have. But the idea yeah. of is order valuable in a democracy in a democratic society is something that is like that's so essential to politics. Like if you hear like uh, you know Donald Trump talking about how he's the law and order candidate, I don't really care when people say they're the law candidate because everyone friggin' wants laws. I always get worried yeah, when people yeah. say order because what it, it really I think it, what it, what the film makes you do is it makes and it and obviously I don't think it had a huge impact on people's polit- politics but I think what it does mm-hmm. is it makes people realize that wanting quote unquote order is wanting the absence of freedom that freedom and order are while yes you can have some ordered spaces you cannot in order to enforce order you need to strip away people's freedom and I think that that is something that to see in a mainstream film that be articulated because it's not the argument against it is not articulated super well because it doesn't need to be but to hear alexander pierce <laughs> articulate in a way that like yes i believe that there are people in like top positions in the government not just in donald trump's government in government forever that would argue something like that yeah can if you could stop a terrorist from kidnapping your daughter at a soccer game and killing her would you do that yeah, like, yeah. would you stop that that's a <laughs> that is a cogent point but i think that what you realize by the end of it is like that, that can't end like that's not it's no one's responsibility to keep order and i think that that's so like it's mm-hmm. really really good like i think it's it made me really happy to see a a movie like captain america movie which makes you think that the most jingoistic probably right-wing politics have a really good yeah. stance on on an issue that i think is really important and i thought that that made that as someone who is a very politically active person it made me happy to see uh it played on the big screen like that well, I thought mm-hmm. I also thought I also think that you know they, they to your point they did a great job of all those types of conversations even the ones that Cap had with uh, Nick Fury at the beginning of the film because Cap had some thoughts on how and it was a continuation of what was happening in the Avengers with uh, uh, Shield wanting to use basically um, LMDs um, and uh, what you call it uh, I mean I should say WMDs uh, mm-hmm. in in a situation to uh, what you call it to lord over everybody, and you could see how easily that could that could be turned on when somebody when it's in the wrong hands, as exactly. it was with Hydra towards mm-hmm. the, towards the end of the film. So to your point, there were just a there were all this is like a film that's just like rich in everything from the dialogue yeah. to just uh, emotions and stuff like that. So yeah, I thought and and that's what makes it point, a good spy thriller too, because I think a lot of spy yeah. thrillers that are not good. Uh, just because it's a movie I watched recently because it was on, like, Xfinity On Demand, like, thinking of, for example, like, Mission Impossible 2, let's say. Let's hypothetically say that's a movie I watched recently. Uh, the, the plot is, like, oh, right. they're trying to release a massive virus that's going to get a lot of people sick and then make money selling the cure. Like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, that feels so... There's no intrigue. There's no... The thing that something that's so good about this movie is not only are they figuring out who's bad, they're figuring out what they're gonna do. Like the moment of realization when that bald guy, I can't remember his name, is saying like the valedictorian in Iowa. No, no, the guy with the glasses. Yeah. Who went on the yeah. roof? Yeah. Oh, uh... The moment where it dawns on them that like, oh, they're gonna kill 
an unspoken thing, which I actually almost wish they said, was like they're basically trying to kill everyone who's a free thinker, who's a leader, who's going to do anything. And yeah, when oh, that's right. articulated, okay. when that's articulated, what I think it comes, what it tries to say at least, I I hope the screenwriter was doing this on purpose, is like no, that's what you do when when you want order. What you want to do is get rid of people who speak for themselves, and I think that that's wonderful. Oh. Right, it's Jasper Sitwell. That was yeah. this, the character that was. Yeah. But no, and, and that, hey, that's another... Uh, Jake, can you repeat that point? Because it feels like you cut out there. Oh, uh, I mean, I think I'm recording locally for myself, but I'll repeat it for you. That um, that if you want order, you cannot have order without... Like, you can't just get rid of the bad people who cause disorder. Like, disorder it can be a good thing. Like, the, the line that killing a high school valedictorian in Iowa, like, order requires you to not have people who want to do anything important. And so if you look at, like, when they're killing people, mm-hmm. when they have, like, the interface, they're killing all the Avengers. Not because they're bad, but because they cause disorder. And, you know, there's there's something to be said for disorder being a good thing. And, uh, yeah, this movie is great on that part. part. I love it. This is true. This is all very true. All right, so a couple uh, of... So we have Sean, a couple... Do you have something to say about that, too? Oh, yeah. Is Sean mm-hmm. muted? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, no, good, good. Sorry, I was uh, on another page. Uh, no, yeah, so what? Je- that was just another, another little, you know, uh, Easter egg that was nice when he said Stephen Strange, Bruce Banner, yep. High School mm-hmm, Valley, mm-hmm. and that was so, that was so cool to hear, um, you know, in, in the movie because you knew, you hear the name Stephen Strange, you're like, okay, well, that's Doctor Strange. When When is that happening? And it there's never a point where you're not excited in the movie. Mm. And that is, yeah. even during that scene, like you're already excited during that scene because Black Widow kicks him off the roof. The Falcon, this is the first shot of the Falcon in action, what his suit can do. As yeah. the, the first shot of Anthony Mackie as the Falcon. So you're already at, you're already at maybe 10. And then he adds that line and then it goes to 11 and you're like, holy shit, let's go. And then it just carries on directly to the bridge scene, directly to the fight scene. And it's just the way they staged this movie as a whole. And it's this little nuggets like that, that just, it, it is a, a, one of the best Marvel movies. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, just, go ahead. I, just on this point, um, I think what the movie also does really well about it in terms of bringing in this political element is that it doesn't do it in any overt way that beats you over the head. Mm-hmm. It, it has the conversation of it, and if you want to delve into it, you can, but mm-hmm. it exists as a comic film, it exists as a spy thriller, it exists as a political message. There's so much in there, but it could be whatever you want it to be, and that's what gives yeah. it so many levels. It's such a great movie. Yeah. So, all right, so so we have a couple of uh, topics to get into before we get out of here. Uh, one of them is we've talked so much about how great this movie is, what were your problems, if any? Uh, Jake, go ahead. Um, I'm trying to think about really anything. Uh, I think that the stuff with Nick Fury, them thinking he's dead, is kind of done a little cheesily. Overdone. Yeah, I, okay. it's like, I That's wish fair. they would yeah. just like to take a step back um, in terms of, like, add a little more mystery to it. Like, the like it, it's, I get, obviously, they, he need, they need to see him die, so, you know... They would know they like they wouldn't go looking for him, but I also think like it's too much. I I have to suspend a lot of disbelief to know that at that moment, not only 
did they keep him alive? They did it in such a way where it looked like he was dead. It was a bit much. Go ahead, Jerome. Um, okay, so uh, one thing that I just think is funny is when Cap pulls out his list of stuff that he's been catching up on. Um, one of them is Star Wars, which means he would have seen the character Mace Windu. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> which I think is great. <laughs> That's funny. Which I think is great. Um, uh, one thing that I like about this film is that I felt was a little um, inconsistent across the uh, last two Captain America uh, appearances is that there didn't seem to be a consistency to how strong this guy really is before. And in this one, like, he is a superhero. I absolutely love when he kicks anyone because they just fly. And that yeah. that impact was really cool. Um, that said, I just don't see how um, GSP was any kind of threat to him. That felt kind of weird. Like, he should have just handled him really easily. It made for a really good fight scene, but in that way, I just thought it would be too easy. Um, and then, again, in my theme of Phase 2... This feels borderline, like, this is an actual threat to anyone who is an Avenger, that it's kind of crazy that none of them get involved. And also, more specifically, Tony Stark hacked S.H.I.E.L.D. in Avengers. How does that information not pop up in there? How does he not find this deep within? Good point. Good point. And so I'm, I'm curious about how that happens. And then, uh, like... These are a lot of a lot of nitpicky things um, because again the movie is so good. But I so Bucky Barnes is revealed as the Winter Soldier when his mask is removed. Uh, in my mind, when he comes back to fight in the final scene, he should have that mask back. I don't think that was his only Ooh. mask. Mm. I don't see how like I get for the drama of it. Like I get from the movie side of it. Like yes, you want him to have it so he displays all his emotion. But really, like, just logistically as a soldier, why would you not have all your armor there? So that's kind of odd to me. That, no, good stuff, Jerome. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Well, one thing that I didn't like in this movie um, was how Darling-esque they tried to make Black Widow. Where the whole, you know, get shot, you know, twenty-two caliber slug, bye-bye bikini, and... the line oh yeah i'm sure you look terrible and then you have the whole batting of the eyes and the, the, the kiss me and they really just really in this movie pigeonholed her to she's just a woman that's trying to get steve's eye and she's good looking and, and then, then the the, uh, the realization at the end when uh the, the rubble's coming on them of if it, if it was the other way would you have trusted me to save you like blackwood is a badass like she's a master assassin she could have easily mm -hmm. found a found a way out for both of them, but they're making her so weak and timid, and it's like she's oh, one actually, of the best. I read that very. Differently. I, I, don't, I don't. I read that line. No, I, that, yeah, that, I, I read that, that line either. very differently. I read it to mean that she would just worry about saving herself, not that she wouldn't be able. Yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think she really like. I didn't get the feeling that uh, she was as weak as um, you're describing because especially for the parts where they're fugitives, she's essentially the brains of the whole operation. Yeah. I, she's I, the I, one who knows how to get to, I, um, elude everyone. And she's the one are, who's really the experienced spy. There are elements of what you're talking about, Sean. I would say yeah. that, I would say that it's done much worse in age of Ultron. So I'll save those thoughts for then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think in this one, there is, that element of i think they like teasing the potential romance of it but i kind of felt in some ways it's just 
her using a bit of her wiles to kind of further things. And also it's just, it's her charm. That is her, what she kind of uses as her weapon most of the time. I, but yeah, I do, I do see where it leans on your end. I just don't feel it strongly. Yeah. She can, uh, she's a, she's obviously a spy. She can't turn that part of her off. It's always like, you get the sense that she's always, and Steve initially is up is annoyed with that. You know, when at first, we see that Nick Fury, uh, quote unquote, has passed. Yes, um, because he's like he can't trust her, and of course, at the beginning of the movie, with the whole uh, mission and car uh, compartmentalizing the whole the whole mission and hiding things and stuff like that. So, I thought actually, and then her arc towards the end is similar. She's in the she's dealing with the uh, the Senate committee at the end of the film, mm-hmm. and she was pretty strong in. In her, what you call it, in the way that she uh, dealt with them, in terms, of if you need, if you want to arrest me, arrest me. But this is what it is, and she was straight out with it. So I thought that she was pretty strong in the movie overall. Now, I if you want to, um, yeah. Jane Foster is more of the type that was like really batting her eyes toward Thor, whereas um, maybe there is an attract- attraction to Captain America, but she teases the hell out of him throughout. Like when it comes to the kissing, when it comes to any of that, like I don't think she necessarily buys Captain America as really a love interest. Also because she's always suggesting people for him to date too. So I yeah, but the, feel I, I, a I mean, different dynamic between them. I, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I, I agree with you that I think that she is just playing him, but also I will say that in a, with a different character, suggesting people for him to date is like could very easily be yes a, like a thing of like trying to i'm i'm thinking of just yeah. to reference another piece of pop culture very immediately thinking of josh and donna from the west wing anyway move on all right <laughs> so just just a quick one from me any problems i mean i understand that captain america is a superhuman basically but my man really got shot like four or five times in pretty brutal places and got stabbed up and still found a way to to live at the end and i know it's the, i know obviously it's marvel movies and we love it and stuff but i know they wanted to make the stakes high because of who he was fighting and the uh, what was at stake towards the end of the film but yeah i think you could have taken like that shot to the chest to the abdomen away mm-hmm. to maybe make it you know like okay you can get shot in the leg you get stabbed a little bit here and there but there should but it made it really seem like and he, the fact that he was able to survive that, uh, well, I, I guess... I have a question about that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, shouldn't his armor deflect a lot of that, or is it because it's those special Russian bullets? Like, I, that's what I was trying to understand. Because he's wearing armor, like... No, he's wearing... Right. He's, wait, when he gets shot by uh, Bucky? Isn't he wearing, like, the suit he had in the 40s? Yeah, he's wearing... Oh, that's right, good but, boy. But it, it, it was this, well, it's wearing it's, his old... He's wearing his old suit. But he yeah. fought World War... Like, he... he fought in all those um battles yeah but that that, that, that. that armor is not uh, i don't believe that that's bullet resistant no it's not as new age of ultron kind of no yeah, no that, i get that but i feel like it should at least be bulletproof because i remember I there being it scene when they were making his armor no yeah. okay okay that's that's what i was curious about i thought it was yeah well right, anyway. none, well yeah like nonetheless um what you call it yeah i could have i could have done without one that gunshot to the to the um abdomen because you know at, at some point it's like okay like how many gunshots can you really take is like this was like, milking it basically well yeah milking it and it's like okay is this john wick or is this captain america 
Correct. So, <laughs> which, right, is a, right. which is a completely now, different John thing. Wick so, okay. Suit is bulletproof. Well, yes. That's, that's, that, that, all right, which completely opens another storyline. Could Captain America survive a John Wick shot? No. No, he'd be done. No. He'd be done. All right. So so last uh last uh topic before we before we go, obviously the rankings. Um and I am very interested to hear everybody's rankings. So um I will lead off with Sean. Go ahead. Where do you rank this film in your MCU canon? Uh in the canon, I have it again I listed it the, during the Thor uh, podcast, and I will be tweeting it out uh, with the link to this podcast. I have it 10 in the list of 18, but the top 10 in my mind can be – you could easily persuade me to flip the, t- the top 10 in any way because they're so good. In, the, in terms of the Captain America specific, it's tied with Civil War, and this was the th- this singular storyline is the best of the – Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, uh, Guardians, where I could watch all three all over again um, because they're so good. They're so compelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Civil War has obviously all of the characters and the, the big storylines. But this right. one uh, is, like you, you said, Jake, even alluding to, it's such a good spy thriller. It, it's so different from the rest of the movies. It's so good. It's, it's, one, it's tied for first with Civil War and then a little bit behind is the is the first Avenger, but not too far behind. Okay, go ahead, Jerome. Um, just because uh, Sean was talking about it, it, it really is a surprise, especially when you watch go through Phase One, that Captain America ends up being the best trilogy of all the characters. Yep, because of how strong like you figure Iron Man is supposed to be, even though Iron Man does fall off in the subsequent sequels. Um, so it's just so impressive that way. Because I just don't think anyone's expecting Winter Soldier to be this amazing. Um, also, just uh, two random points from the film. Uh, you mentioned the Peggy scene uh, and how tragic it is. I forgot that she has Alzheimer's. And I was really uh, taken aback by that moment when that happens. When she flips around and she just kind of remembers him all over again. Yeah. And just that he has to go through that cycle over and over again. Um, and also, I really love that Nick Fury's tombstone uh, says the path of a righteous man. Just that reference is amazing. Uh, yeah, that's pretty dope. It's, it's sick. Um, in terms of ranking, it's I'm kind of flipping back and forth. Uh, Reese's, it's, yeah, I guess it's my second favorite, just mm-hmm. after Black Panther. Uh, after the ones, honestly, of the ones we've like, done. It's, of the ones we've done. I need of to the ones we've done, exactly, yeah. yeah. So everything um, up the to this, including Black Panther, and Black Panther, because we did that one too. And Black Panther. Yes, uh, but it's like it's just as good. I mean, it's a really good film. Yeah, I, it's I I could exchange I can interchange either. Um, yeah, I think the quality of the film, like the Avengers, I think Avengers just has a special place in my heart for where, like when it happened, how big it was, and you know just all the moments it gave me. Uh, but in terms of actually like film quality, it's hard to say. I think Winter Soldier just has so much more depth to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna put that as my number two right now. How about you, Jake? Um, I would put it at number two as well. Uh, I like. Um, I think that it is. It's worse than Black Panther because Black Panther is great, but I think it's better than the Avengers. Obviously, like the Avengers is really fun and has, like Jerome said, a special place in my heart. But 
I don't know, but this is just such a fast, like, it, there's just, there's very few loose ends, and, like, there's not, it doesn't, it's, the, the pace it's at is great, so, yeah, it, I, for me, it's between, it's, uh, we go one Black Panther, two Winter Soldier, three Avengers, and then the rest of them, you guys, listen to the other pods, I list them on, on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm similar with both of you guys, I have this at the sec as the second film, and, I mean, I would have had this listed first before Black Panther, I thought this film was just amazing. Mm -hmm. um just from beginning to end and the continuing layers of of uh steve rogers development from a character standpoint was i was tremendous i love that they slow burned it like and and they just gave you know they just gave that added of bucky into the film and there's just so many different great characters and uh great performances in this film both good and bad so i shoot if i i obviously love black panther and cons and would consider that number one but man on a different day like if i wasn't you know i i, w I would you not could talk me into the other one right right i you could like tell me i could i could be like you know what this cat movie was number one because it just there was just so much it was just so rich in everything and I really enjoyed it. I feel so, like there might be some recency bias in Black Panther and how fresh it, it is. That it, it, I think it needs time to kind of rest and, yeah. you know, I sit. Have to, I have to ask, um, Anthony, obviously being somebody of um, African-American heritage, how much did this ranking not conflict with... Because Black Panther was such a cultural movie for mm -hmm. black community, for black Twitter, for whatever you want to say. It's so different from the rest of the feel all these other movies had when they were released like i said during the the, the last uh thor pod you didn't have people getting kids in the inner cities out to see captain america civil war mm -hmm. or spider right. homecoming black panther is in a world of its own when it comes to that i'm just wondering how do you how do you differentiate when it comes to is it a good movie or is it a good for community you know well uh, you know what's interesting about that is you get a lot of questions about that and you see how social media is with how everybody talks about the film and i think for me especially when it comes to this podcast in particular i just try and look at was this a great film and <laughs> besides the obvious i feel like the black panther for me went beyond the black experience. I think there was just, there was more than that. They made a great film, not just a great black film. They just made a great film and it was a superhero film and one that I enjoy because I have, you know, just personal ties to reading um, the Black Panther origins. Um, when my mom gave me that big old red Marvel book that had his origins in the Fantastic Four. So, to see that character brought to life meant a lot to me from that standpoint because it was just so cool and it just brought me back to my childhood. So from that standpoint, yes, there is some emotional resonance when it comes to the the black experience and the black film. But, you know, you have to try and be objective when you're analyzing these films and not just think of it from that aspect. And Oh wait! Although when I, I mean, at least just with me, black... the rankings are favored, yeah. are they not? So like, you don't have to be objective. Exactly. No, no, no. I was about no, to but say I'm, that. Yeah, but, yeah. But I am. But 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 what I'm what I mean is, is like the way that I actually analyze and view the 
films and how I look at whether I love one more than the other one yeah. is is just is just a straight like it's not like I'm thinking oh because this film is a black film I have to For put sure. it at number oh, one or I, I feel like that. yeah I mean keep in mind Black Panther's also my number one at the moment will it stay that stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but but um, yeah, like I don't think you could go wrong either way. I just wanted to just because we're ranking to date and then Sean is getting his basically his ranking for all the films as uh as they exist right now. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think it's something that's going to come up as we go through um the ones in the future and it might inform some of the stuff that's going on with why Sean has this ranked um, a lot lower than we're expecting, is that as these films go along, they just have it figured out yep. in the way that they just build and make mu- much better films. Like, there are ones that come in Phase 3 and even at the end of Phase 2 that make ones in Phase 1 looking like they were made in a different time. Correct. Yes. yes. And, so, and so because of that, I think... It may sound insane to us, but we may go back by the time we get to Infinity War and think, oh, you know what? Like, I, I think for me, Winter Soldier is still going to be ranked very highly, but there are a lot of films that are just fantastic, like yeah. that are coming up soon. And I can't wait to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's just like a little bit of a defense for uh, Sean's current ranking. And that's also a really good yeah, way to fair. end the pod because you're talking about mo- looking forward. So <laughs> let's wrap yeah, it up. And- <laughs> on that on that note, this has been the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. Uh, let's let's uh, just want to let's just quickly thank uh, Sean Rosales for joining us. Uh, Sean, you, we appreciate you for coming on the pod um, with your Marvel knowledge and and all of the uh, the movie stuff. You brought a different perspective here. We, we appreciate it. Sean, where can we follow you? Where can we hear from you? Uh, you could follow me online at on Twitter at Sean underscore ESPN. Uh, I don't have a pod to you know pub, but I do work on. Oh, uh, you'll definitely it, be back though. Oh well, thank you, thank you. That that's John Rosales will return. That's good to hear. Oh yeah, nice. We'll return and uh, so I do a lot of replay work for ESPN. So you can watch me normally on any day that ESPN has an NBA game. You might see my work and going forward i'll be continuing this work into espn's nba playoff coverage as well as espn's major league baseball coverage so if you turn on espn you might see my work so again watch espn yeah so jerome where can we follow your work or what you do um well you can find me on twitter uh at black dragon roll uh i mean i know all these wonderful gentlemen through um the current count the dings uh, <laughs> podcast or uh, group, um, but basically uh, you'll find me doing a lot of uh, content every now and then just through there. But um, I, I do work with uh, some Toronto teams, and you'll see some stuff that I post from time to time. Uh, but yeah, don't be a stranger. Uh, uh, yeah. So there you go, Jake Christie. Where can we check you out at? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. Listen to my other podcast, uh, which is on. In some capacity, the Count the Dings Network, uh, Sorted History. Um, some good episodes are coming up in the future. Subscribe to that. Also, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, yeah, show show us some love. Mm-hmm. My name is Anthony Canton. The third uh, selfish the poetry book is currently out. Appreciate the reviews. Appreciate everybody who's read it. Appreciate everybody who's talked to me about it. Um, I, I'm very appreciative of the love that has been given. And.
this podcast, Marvel Cinematic University. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at AC Spotlight95. And I look forward, and we look forward to bringing more movies to you. And on that note, we say goodbye for now. Bye for now.